just hope my anchor holds, guys. Uh, <laughs> praise the Lord. I'm so grateful to be here. Um, this is my home, and I have never been closer to God than I have been under the great tutelage of my brothers here and our pastor. Praise the Lord to that. Um, pastor Ken Felder, if you're watching, God bless you, sir. It is a pleasure to meet you and hope to see you again soon. Um, let me just try to get myself in here. Let us open our Bibles to Ephesians chapter 2. We're going to start at verse 8. Okay. For by grace are ye saved through faith. And that not of yourselves. It is the gift of God, for not of works, lest any man should boast. Amen. Let us pray. Heavenly Father, let all here by your grace be fed by your word and be grounded by the Spirit. As we get into this good book, Lord, let us remember about a time when we were in your grace. And even now, Lord, and how we are at peace, because we know that you are a good father. I thank you, Lord, for all that you have done for me and for this house. In Jesus' name, amen. 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 The title of my sermon today, uh, Ethan, <clears throat> is Grace. Actually, God's Grace. Grace is, in my mind, is a very, very wonderful thing. It is a wonderful and beautiful gift that comes from God, and nothing holds a bound to that. When I go into Acts of Ephesians here, I, I read it very simply again. For by grace are you saved through faith, and that not of yourselves. Definitely not. It is the gift of God, not of works, lest any man should boast. Now, church, what is, what is grace? Now, Grace is appropriately defined as the free, unmerited love and favor of God. The spring and source of all the benefits men receive from him. <clears throat> and when I think of grace, I do definitely think of love. And to know that it's unmerited, which means so much more than anyone can actually imagine. I think of the cross of Calvary. And when I think of the cross of Calvary, when I see grace, I think of the thief next to our Lord. And how, how much grace that Jesus actually had for the people he loved and cared for. Many verses talk about how Jesus is just forgiving and loving and giving and just full of mercy and forgiveness. And I want to bring this back to... Let's go to Luke and uh, chapter 23, and let's read from there so that we can get a little more inside of what the Lord has done for us. All right, Luke chapter 23, in verse 39. 
this uh, this story is this portion of the book is actually titled here as the repentant thief. And one of the men, male factors which were hanged railed on him, saying, "If thou be Christ, save thyself and us." But the other answering buked him, saying, "Dost not thou fear God, seeing thou art in the same condemnation? And we indeed justly." For we receive the due rewards of our deeds. But this man hath done nothing amiss. And he said unto Jesus, Lord, remember me when thou comest into thy kingdom. And Jesus, Jesus said unto him, Verily I say unto thee, Today shalt thou be with me in paradise. Oh, hallelujah. We can surely trust that that man was saved and is in heaven with Christ this day. This is salvation. This is a perfect representation of unmerited love and favor. And by his grace, he was saved. Brothers and sisters, I am like the man on the cross. And you are also like that man of the cross. I and you, we are sinners. But God sent his only begotten son that whosoever believeth in him should not perish, but have everlasting life. John 3.16. Let's not forget our basis on salvation. For by grace are you saved through faith, and that not of yourselves. It is a gift of God, not of works, lest any man shall boast. I repeat this. I'm going to repeat this as much as I can because I know that the Lord is one that worketh. And he worketh a great work and a great blessing. Our God is great. And he has given us so much, though we've earned none of it. Glory be to God the Father. For if we had earned it, we would probably actually fall on our faces having to try. If not by God's grace, I know that I would not be here. I know that many of you would not be here. Most of us know people that are lost and still not here, still not with the Lord. You know, at this time, I know that I'm facing trials. And I know that if it's true to me that I am facing trials in my life, I know that everyone else here as well is facing trials just like it, just as difficult, just as heavy, just as burdensome. But church, we are to be tried, and we are to be tested. And sometimes we will not pass every test, for we are sinners and in need of a Savior. Just yesterday, I was tried, and I failed. Sadly enough, I, uh, I used to grow up with my mother alone in a, in a nice little apartment, one bedroom, and at the time, I was the biggest liar. When your mother doesn't believe anything you say, you kind of feel horrible on the inside. Nothing you say or do is believed as true. And I felt that way yesterday because for, for what I like to think of for a long time, I gave up lies. I gave up excuses and untruths that just are unnecessarily dumb. 
I told a brother of mine um, that I was not able to actually come to an event because of the illnesses of my children. And of course, I say it and immediately regret it because the Lord works. The Lord sees what you do. And sometimes the Lord, he comes for you and he punishes you. By ch- he chastens you. He does these things so that you may learn. So instead of me just being honest, I, in my weakness, I lied. And so I came home and spoke to my wife about it. And she was like, why? For what? What reason do you have to lie? And I'm already feeling down. I'm feeling depressed. I'm feeling angry. Brothers and sisters, you know how you can hurt yourself more than anyone else can. Your thoughts, your emotions can hurt you more than anyone else. But I heard it. I got up and I ran out of my house. I was like, I can't do this anymore. I called my brother. I admitted to him. I confessed what I did to my own brother and I told him, I said, I'm sorry, brother. I lied to you, and for no good reason, but nothing but to make your events team that it's so big and that my problems are so also as big that I can't come, I can't see you, I can't support your family, I can't love on them, I can't show God's glory through my heart to them. But God, he convicted me, right? He convicted me of my weakness, and I prayed, repented, I called him. And he hashed things out, and, and, you know, those things, when you repent and admit and talk to your brethren, you are not only forgiven, but you are healed. First uh, John 1 and 9 says, If we confess our sins, he is faithful and just to forgive us of our sins and to cleanse us from our unrighteousness. Though we, fall, where we fail, though we fail, he still meets us where we are. Just this morning, pastor spoke on the appointment on the mount and how seven of the disciples failed on that day. They all gave up and fled the mountain to partake back into their life, their previous life, before meeting Christ. Now, mind you, people, brothers, sisters, church, understand this. We have not seen any of Christ's work. We live by his word. We believe by his word. But the weaknesses of men is surely strong. Peter, John, Thomas, they all just wanted to give up. They didn't know what was next for them. They couldn't believe hard enough. They couldn't push themselves further into being there. They were on what I like to call the cliff of abandonment. That is a slippery place to be. But God, he has, he was there. The Lord was there with them. And he forgave them. And he never even mentioned the fact of their sin against him. But because of what? Because of his grace, he forgave them. He was there every moment for them. He helped them. He gave them. He's shown them his powers. And for those things that we read and we learn, that is a grace for us as well. A great example would be in 1 Peter chapter 5. It says, But God of all grace, who hath called us unto his eternal glory by Christ Jesus, after that ye have suffered a while, make you perfect. Establish, strengthen, settle you. 
To him be glory and dominion forever and ever. Amen. Amen. Brothers and sisters, this is our time to be tempted. It's time to be tried and tested. Jesus warns the apostles of their gruesome deaths to come. He warns them of these things, these tribulations they're going to go through. They're not just trials. They're physical and unrelentless harm to their life, to their family. But God, he reminds them of their glory to come. Matthew 16, 24 says, Then said Jesus unto his disciples, If any man will come after me, let him deny himself and take up his cross and follow me. The cross we bear in this time is heavy. And we walk. Even if slowly, to the hopes that God's mission may be accomplished to the day we go home to glory. Our brothers and sisters around the world also bear the weight of their trials and find that only through the grace and glory of the Lord do they have peace. And Apostle Paul speaks on how his great suffering creates great strength in the spirit and great peace in his life. 2 Corinthians, uh, let's go to 2 Corinthians chapter 12. Uh, we're going to be in verse 9. I love this verse very much. I've been saying it for the last three months. I've been writing this. And he said unto me, My grace is sufficient for thee, for my strength is made perfect in weakness. Most gladly, therefore, will I rather glory in my infirmities, that the power of Christ may rest upon me. Therefore, I take pleasure in infirmities, in reproaches, in necessities, in persecutions, in distresses for Christ's sake. For when I am weak, then I am strong. Oh, praise the Lord. Church, let's just take pleasure right now in the lows of our life. Because the Lord is, has, and will be there. Showing his mercy and grace. Let us find strength in this time, knowing that our treasures are surely in heaven. And peace can only be found in the grace that the Father has gives freely. This unmerited love and favor is a wonderful gift, and it is endless and boundless. Let's go back to Ephesians chapter 2. And... Let's read this because uh, the Lord's word is wonderful and great and powerful. Ephesians chapter 2, uh, verse 4. But God, who is rich in mercy for his great love, wherewith he loves us, he loved us, even when we were dead in sin, hath quickened us together with Christ. By grace ye are saved. And hath raised us up together... And made us sit together in heavenly places in Christ Jesus. Amen. Amen. This reminds me of the song that I actually played this morning, just in between um, the offering. It was wonderful. Grace greater than our sin. Oh, 
Praise the Lord. It goes like this. Grace, grace, God's grace, grace that will pardon and cleanse within. Grace, grace, God's grace, grace that is greater than all our sin. I've been humming that for hours today. Praise the Lord. What a blessing it is to to listen to such wonderful hymns that the, the Lord has inspired. Church, I want you to understand and recognize the Lord's grace-filled plan he has for you. His grace is available to you now through Jesus the Son. And if you believe he died and rose again, then by grace ye are saved through faith. And it is eternal and perfect. We can never earn his love. And we are very undeserving like the man on the cross. And wretched, like Peter. We don't deserve grace. We, don't deserve, we all just deserve the pit, honestly. But God. Man, do I love saying, but God. You ever hear that and just feel your heart tremble? But God. So many words. So little words in, this, in, in, in vocabulary can have such a striking term, a striking tone in your heart. But God so loved the world. But God, by his grace, but God, by his wonderful grace, we are saved. Grace be to you. Let us pray. My heavenly Father, by grace alone, through faith alone, are we saved? Are we here? Are we in your home, Lord? Lord, protect and watch my brothers and sisters. Lord, keep them. Show them. Chasten them. Try them. Test them, Lord. Lord, they may, not fail, they may not pass everyone, but Lord, their heart is for you, Lord. And their spirits are for you, Lord. And let them argue amongst their own heart, fight their flesh, and take the time to solve their grievings with you, Lord, in repentance and prayer. That we always continue to pray for each other. Lord, guide us. Lord, keep us. Lord, save us. Save the children, Lord. Save those who have not heard your name. Save those who are just waiting for a guidance. Lord, we are here for you. We're here to serve you. We hear the door knocking, Lord. And we open it freely so that you may come in and be gracious and wonderful in our lives. I pray tonight in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Thank you.